Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chelsea. And guys, guess what? What? <laughs> that was good. That was on cue. I like that. Uh, it's the last day of the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. Ta-da. I was so uh, you made it. that I forgot. Congratulations. Yes, you made it. You made it. Um, we are going to be reading Malachi, which if you're reading in a traditional, normal, I don't know, I don't know the word, non-chronological <laughs> Bible, Bible <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll find Malachi right at the end of the Old Testament, and yes. it goes right into Matthew. Um, so why are we doing Joel? I actually am not. I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, those of you that are more scholarly than me, you might know why they chose to put Joel at the end. I think there's a chance they put Joel at the end because Joel actually has a lot to say about uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and they actually don't know when Joel was written. Correct. There's no like definitive. So date. it it does strike me as a little bit of an odd choice, but we do have here a pretty strong allusion to the New Testament in that Peter uh, preaches this this text on the day of Pentecost right? Um, about the, the spirit being poured out on everyone. Right. Okay. Well, let's, let's start with Malachi. So the last book of the traditional old Testament, I, I don't um, even know if traditional is the right word. Well, but. I think the Hebrew old Testament, I think Malachi is the last book like, okay. in Hebrew. Um, and I think there's a, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure there's a call to um, John the Baptist, right? In, in Malachi. Malachi. Yeah. Um, hold on. Hold well, on. Did, did my surprise cue you into what I know? The answer is nothing. <laughs> what? <laughs> Malachi 4, verse 5. Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. Fantastic. People, I mean, people interpret that to be John the Baptist. Yeah, yeah, of course. Very um, cool. Yeah. And also, the other thing I noticed in Malachi is uh, the call to repentance is the heading in this section, but we it's a, it's a verse that we often use for tithing, um, where it says... Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, I'll open the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour it out. Pour out blessings so great you won't have room to take it in. Put me to the dust. Um, what I love this verse, but I, in context, I realize just how mad God is at his people. <laughs> so it kind of changes it for me a little bit whenever we um, do giving. And we're like using that verse. It's like, oh. <laughs> well, really, if we want to choose to use that verse for giving, the the host, the service host should actually be much more antagonistic. <laughs> they should come out and be Put like, do it. Give us the money. <laughs> Test us. And then probably it feels I like that'll that. work. It feels like that may not. I don't know. Uh, you know, what stuck out to me was actually the next the next piece, uh, the Lord's promise of mercy. Uh, so this is Malachi 3, 16 to 18. And the, the language here is really interesting because it... Um, Verse 17, they will be my people, says the Lord of heaven's armies. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares his obedient child. This is this, I mean, this language is present throughout the Old Testament. Right. But this is very much a bookend kind of thing to me. Like, if you're reading it in the traditional sense, one of the last things you're going to read in the Old Testament is that these people are God's chosen special possession. Hmm. Uh, And this is what we were introduced to all the way back when Abraham was standing out in that field being like, wait, I'm supposed to go where? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm going to make you into a people. So just, I mean, this this stopping with the Old Testament is a little bit arbitrary. Hopefully you understand that by now. Like, it's not two split books. Right. But there is 400 years. Yes. There is the 400 years of silence. The is that this, this Hebrew Old Testament, these <clears throat> books that have been canonized were established by the time that Jesus came. So 
Jesus, his disciples, all these people would have had access to these scriptures and know like we are God's people. Um, and how cool is it as we go into Joel that Peter is like preaching during Pentecost and the spirit's falling on people and he's like, oh, I get it. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's my favorite. <laughs> I think it's so cool that he has this like moment of, oh, I understand it. And it's a whole new meaning for him. Which is a compelling thing to us to familiarize ourselves so personally and so deeply with God's word. Mm-hmm. Peter, I mean, he was certainly possessed by the spirit. He was certainly led to like a very special moment in time. But Peter was so familiar with the scriptures that he could look at an event occurring in front of him and be like, oh my gosh, this is us. And the other thing that is really cool is how the Holy Spirit inspires scripture. Yes. So the Holy Spirit inspired Joel to write this. The Holy Spirit inspires Peter to interpret it. Um, the same applies to us today. It sounds like you're going to be teaching a class on that soon. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I love it. That's so great. Um, but yeah, I've, I think this is a great way to finish up the Old Testament. It's so exciting. Oh, Besides the locusts. That other fun fact. kind of gross. <laughs> um, Joel... Those of you that love the swords into plowshares verses in Isaiah, you are not going to like the plowshares into swords verses in Joel. (laughs) How big of a group is that? (laughs) Uh, It's it. It's a pretty sizable group, actually. Yeah, (laughs) I wouldn't count myself among them. Just like I love those verses. Uh, It's it's a big it's a it's a it's a verse that gets used often in Mm. non-resistant, you know, peace seeking. Mm -hmm. Circles, and I, I think it's very valuable. I think that mm-hmm. that Jesus is a peace-seeking person. Right. Uh, it's just sometimes we don't represent both sides of that, and I, I was I was not aware that Joel actually reverses what Isaiah <laughs> says. Oh man. So <laughs> the other part of Joel that I really loved is um, Joel two thirteen. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for He is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Just another great picture of who God is um, over and over again. We're given this view of God that he is a relenting God. Um, And he's not after your show of religiosity. He's after your heart. Um, It's another thing that we've seen consistently throughout the Old Testament. Yeah. Where God's like, yeah, please stop. Yeah. (laughs) The way I memorized this verse as a kid was, don't rend your garments, rend your heart. Um, And the word rend to me makes it seem so much stronger. (laughs) I don't know why. We need to bring it back. I will. I, you know what? KJV, whatever happened. Next year. Next year. <laughs> God's whole story. God's whole story, KJV edition. <laughs> Thou shalt listen. <laughs> you know how long it's going to take us to record those episodes? We're going to stumble over so many words. <laughs> Fortnights. Just kidding. We're not going to do that. But pretty soon, you know, end of November, end of December, we're going to announce what we're doing once we figure it out for next season. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> All right, guys, we capped it off. This yeah. is it. This is the Old Testament. Those of you that uh, stuck it out, hey, we're really proud of you. That's very awesome. Yeah. And uh, those of you who just joined us, you know, go back and check it out or continue with us through the New Testament. Um, Tomorrow's there, Christmas in September. Yeah. Right. How about that? Yeah. So we are excited <laughs> to continue God's whole story. So we're, we're turning the corner on this Old Testament thing, going into the New Testament. Um, and it's all the story of what God is doing. So we'll see you again tomorrow. Yep. See ya. Bye. Malachi 2, starting in verse 10. Are we not all children of the same father? Are we not all created by the same God? Then why do we betray each other, violating the covenant of our ancestors? Judah has been unfaithful, and a detestable thing has been done in Israel and in Jerusalem. The men of Judah have defiled the Lord's beloved sanctuary by marrying women who worship idols. May the Lord cut off from the nation of Israel every last man who has done this, and yet brings an offering to the Lord of heaven's armies. Here's another thing you do. 
You cover the Lord's altars with tears, weeping and groaning because he pays no attention to your offerings and doesn't accept them with pleasure. You cry out, why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I'll tell you why. Because the Lord witnessed the vows you and your wife made when you were young, but you have been unfaithful to her, though she remained your faithful partner, the wife of your marriage vows. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit you are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your wife. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him, you ask? You have wearied him by saying that all who do evil are good in the Lord's sight, and he is pleased with them. You have wearied him by asking, where is the God of justice? Look, I am sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver, so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Then once more the Lord will accept the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem, as he did in the past." At that time, I'll put you on trial. I'm eager to witness against all sorcerers and adulterers and liars. I will speak against those who cheat employees of their wages, who oppress widows and orphans, who deprive the foreigners living among you of justice. For these people do not fear me, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we have not never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. You have said terrible things about me, says the Lord. But you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? You have said, what is the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying his commands or by trying to show the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins? From now on, we will call the arrogant blessed, for those who do evil get rich, and those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. Then those who fear the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. They will be my people, says the Lord of heaven's armies. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child." Then you will again see the difference between righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. The Lord of Heaven's army says, The day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw. They'll be consumed, roots, branches, and all. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. On the day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Remember to obey the law of Moses, my servant, all the decrees and regulations that I gave him on Mount Sinai for all Israel. 
Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. Joel 1. The Lord gave this message to Joel, son of Pethuel. Hear this, you leaders of the people. Listen, all who live in the land. In all your history, has anything like this happened before? Tell your children about it in the years to come, and let your children tell their children. Pass the story down from generation to generation. After cutting locusts, finished eating the crops. The swarming locusts took what was left. After them came the hopping locusts, and then the stripping locusts, too. Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, all you wine drinkers. All the grapes are ruined, and all your sweet wine is gone. A vast army of locusts has invaded my land, a terrible army too numerous to count. Its teeth are like lion's teeth, its fangs like those of a lioness. It has destroyed my grapevines and ruined my fig trees, stripping their bark and destroying it, leaving the branches white and bare. Weep like a bride dressed in black, mourning the death of her husband, for there is no grain or wine to offer at the temple of the Lord. So the priests are in mourning. The ministers of the Lord are weeping. The fields are ruined. The land is stripped bare. The grain is destroyed. The grapes have shriveled and the oil is gone. Despair, all you farmers. Wail, all you vine growers. Weep because the wheat and barley, all the crops of the field are ruined. The grapevines have dried up and the fig trees have withered. The pomegranate trees, palm trees, and apple trees, all the fruit trees have dried up and the people's joy has dried up with them. Dress yourselves in burlap and weep, you priests. Wail, you who serve before the altar. Come spend the night in burlap, you ministers of my God. For there is no grain or wine to offer at the temple of your, your God. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Bring the leaders and all the people of the land into the temple of the Lord your God and cry out to him there. The day of the Lord is near, the day when destruction comes from the Almighty. How terrible that day will be. Our food disappears before our very eyes. No joyful celebrations are held in the house of our God. The seeds die in the parched ground, the grain crops fail. The barns stand empty and the granaries are abandoned. How the animals moan with hunger. The herds of cattle wander about confused because they have no pasture. The flocks of sheep and goats bleat in misery. Lord, help us. The fire has consumed the wilderness pastures, and flames have burned up all the trees. Even the wild animals cry out to you because the streams have dried up, and fire has consumed the wilderness pastures. Sound the trumpet in Jerusalem. Raise the alarm on my holy mountain. Let everyone tremble in fear because the day of the Lord is upon us. It is a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep blackness. Suddenly, like dawn spreading across the mountains, a great and mighty army appears. Nothing like it has been seen before or will ever be seen again. Fire burns in front of them and flames follow after them. Ahead of them, the land lies as beautiful as the Garden of Eden. Behind them is nothing but desolation. Not one thing escapes. They look like horses. They charge forward like war horses. Look at them as they leap along the mountaintops. Listen to the noise they make, like the rumbling of chariots, like the roar of fire sweeping across the field of stubble, or like a mighty army moving into battle. Fear grips all the people. Every face grows pale with terror. The attackers march like warriors and scale city walls like soldiers. Straightforward, they march, never breaking rank. They never jostle each other. Each moves in exactly the right position. They break through defenses without missing a step. They swarm over the city and run along its walls. They enter all the houses, climbing like thieves to the windows. The earth quakes as they advance and the heavens tremble. The sun and moon grow dark and the stars no longer shine. The Lord is at the head of the column. He leads them with a shout. This is his mighty army, and they follow his orders. The day of the Lord is an awesome, terrible thing. Who can possibly survive? That is why the Lord says, Turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. 
Don't tear your clothing in grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for He is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He's eager to relent and not punish. Who knows, perhaps He will give you a reprieve, sending you blessing instead of this curse. Perhaps you will be able to offer grain and wine to your Lord, as God as before. Blow the ram's horn in Jerusalem. Announce a time of fasting. Come, Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Gather all the people, the elders, the children, and even the babies. Call the bridegroom from his quarters, and the bride from her private room. Let the priests who minister in the Lord's presence stand and weep between the entry room to the temple and the altar. Let them pray, spare your people, Lord. Don't let your special possession become an object of mockery. Don't let them become a joke for unbelieving foreigners who say, has the God of Israel left them? Then the Lord will pity his people and jealousy guard their honor of his land. The Lord will reply, look, I'm sending you grain and new wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy your needs. You will no longer be an object of mockery among the surrounding nations. I will drive away these armies from the north. I will send them into the parched wastelands. Those in front will be driven into the Dead Sea and those in the rear into the Mediterranean. The stench of their rotting bodies will rise over the land. Surely the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, O land. Be glad now and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, you animals of the field, for the wilderness pastures will soon be green. The trees will again be filled with fruit. Fig trees and grapevines will be loaded down once more. Rejoice, you people of Jerusalem. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness. Once more the autumn rains will come, as well as the rains of spring. The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain, and the pressers will overflow with new wine and olive oil. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locusts and the hopping locusts, the striping locusts and the cutting locusts. I was the one who sent the great destroying army against you. Once again, you will have all the food you want, and you will praise the Lord your God. Who does these miracles for you? Never again will all my people be disgraced. Then you will know that I am among my people, Israel, that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. Never again will my people be disgraced. Then, after doing all those things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. In those days I will pour out my Spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will be dark, the moon will turn blood red before the great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For some on Mount Zion in Jerusalem will escape, just as the Lord has said. These will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. At the time of those events, says the Lord, when I restore the prosperity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather the armies of the world into the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will judge them for harming my people, my special possession, for scattering my people among the nations, and for dividing up my land. They threw dice to decide which of my people would be their slaves. They traded boys to obtain prostitutes and sold sold girls for enough wine to get drunk. What do you have against me, Tyre and Sidon, and you cities of Philistia? Are you trying to take revenge on me? If you are, then watch out. I will strike swiftly and pay you back for everything you've done. You have taken my silver and gold and all my precious treasures, and have carried them off to your pagan temples. You have sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks, so they could take them far from their homeland. But I will bring them back from all the places to where you sold them, and I will pay you back everything you have done. I will sell your sons and daughters to the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the people of Arabia, a nation far away, I the Lord have spoken. Say to the nations far and wide, get ready for war. Call out your best warriors. Let all your fighting men advance for the attack. 
Hammer your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Train even the weaklings to be warriors. Come quickly, all you nations everywhere. Gather together in the valley. And now, O God, call out your warriors. Let the nations be called to arms. Let them march to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I, the Lord, will sit to pronounce judgment on them all. Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, tread the grapes, for the winepress is full. The storage vats are overflowing in the wickedness of these people. Thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. There the day of the Lord will soon arrive. The sun and moon will grow dark, and the stars will no longer shine. The Lord's voice will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth will shake. But the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a strong fortress for the people of Israel. Then you will know that I, the Lord your God, live in Zion, my holy mountain. Jerusalem will be my holy forever, and foreign armies will never conquer her again. In that day the mountains will drip with sweet wine, and the hills will flow with milk. Water will fill the stream beds of Judah, and the fountain will burst forth from the Lord's temple, watering the arid valley of Acacias. But Egypt will become a wasteland, and Edom will become a wilderness, because they attacked the people of Judah and killed innocent people in their land. But Judah will be filled with people forever, and Jerusalem will endure through all generations. I will pardon my people's crimes, which I have not yet pardoned, and I, the Lord, will make my home in Jerusalem with my people. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.